1: Issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here, and welcome to this, the first chops of 2024. Happy New Year to you. In this episode, I'm talking to the excellent India Rackerson. She's a journalist and she's been a guest before when we were talking about her series for Radio 4 about witches. She's back at Radio 4 slash BBC Sounds with a really ambitious new 27 part series. Wow! called child which is about the earliest stages of a child's life from when a mummy and daddy who love each other very much well okay not that but from when the sperm meets the egg and then it follows the mother and her pregnancy through to birth and the first year of a child's life you can listen from friday that's the 12th of january at 2:45 p.m And even as someone who's never been pregnant or had much interest in all that, I found it fascinating. And India is, as ever, a pleasure to talk to. Until next time. India, welcome back. Hello. So nice to see you again. I've got two congratulations to say to you. Number one. Oh, yeah. You've got this exciting new 27-part podcast, Child, coming out
0: yes extremely exciting thank you
1: almost less hassle you have also got this nine month project coming out soon at
0: some point (laughs) coming out yeah coming soon to a hospital near you (laughs) Uh, i will be delivering uh, hopefully a baby not a cat or a dog that's been scanned it's definitely a human baby baby. yeah 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 very exciting thank you very exciting
1: Let's start with the first one. Let's start with Child. I was going yes. to explain what it was, but it's always better to get you to explain what it is. Coming soon to Radio 4.
0: You know, I feel slightly interested to know how you would describe it, but I suppose you haven't made it, so I will, I'll do that <laughs> job for you. And don't worry. <laughs> I'm always keen to know what people think of these, like, big topics. So Child is, is really exciting, and it's an opportunity to do a topic that, like, I've wanted to do for a long, long time. So Child is a 27-part series, another bumper box set exploring pregnancy birth and the first year of life of a child each episode is about 13 to 14 minutes long um it'll go out on bbc radio 4 and on bbc sound starts going out on the 12th of january which is very exciting and then the kind of the podcast episodes will be sort of landing in chunks um over january and february What's really exciting about it is that there are loads of parenting podcasts out there already. There are quite a lot of podcasts that will to sort of take you through pregnancy week by week, or you know, you can go and you can go on the NHS website and see, like, your baby at twenty-three weeks is the size of a coconut or whatever. Yeah, you're like, what sort of coconut? Because uh, <laughs> I've seen many different coconuts.
1: It looks like a tiny alien. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a tiny
0: alien, and it's the size of an orange. You're like, what orange? <laughs> There's loads of that already out there which is great and brilliant. Um but what this is is we're really just exploring these massive extraordinary things that happen to everybody and it really is through the lens of to everybody. So we're really interested in pregnancy not just from the point of view of fetal development and what's going on in the pregnant body but in the whole way of looking at the whole way that society takes in that process. What happens to women? What happens to people when they're sort of growing a life? What happens? How is that fetus influenced by the world around it in all sorts of ways that we're not thinking about from like sound to toxins to feelings of anxiety and stress that cross the placental barrier? You know, like how how as a society do we perceive and help everybody undertake this process? We are all born. That is something we all have in common all of us have been born and what happens in the uterus and even preconception though we start at the point where sperm and egg meet you know what happens then really does actually have an impact on us and the rest of our lives I think that's something we sort of increasingly become aware of but yeah it's it's been fascinating so we've got t- 10 episodes on pregnancy five episodes on birth and again you know there's something very interesting going on at the moment in terms of maternity services maternity care There are like constant headlines certainly were last year around different reports coming out different sort of statistics on the safety of maternity care at the moment which can feel really challenging to look at and really difficult to look at so you know we we don't have that in itself could be an enormous series looking at maternity care we don't have that much time but what we're trying to do in those five episodes is address again how do we as a society as individuals look at birth and how do we kind of try and find a way that where we feel like we can address trust address consent address pain address the language what we have access to the injustices within birth and then we've got a year of the first year of life of a baby and that is full of joy and wonder and all of that but it also is a great opportunity to address the way that we support mothers, the way that we support families and parents and carers and, you know, kind of get into those corners of what's going on in society. We think like, why do we underpay people in caring roles in this country? Like, why is it so difficult to get, you know, to support nursery staff and to find nursery places and what's going on when it comes to the the sort of mental health care of new parents as well what has happened historically in terms of the views of what a baby is what a child is that means that you find you know there's a there's a parenting happiness gap in the uk parents are less happy than people who are not parents i find that topic really interesting because it's sort of on the one hand it's like oh that's bleak and then on the other hand as a parent you're like that makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it makes sense and not say that the highs aren't wonderful. And having a child isn't amazing and wondrous, but it, my God, it's challenging. And, you know, and so part of what we're looking at is why is it so challenging? And in what ways does that get neglected or overlooked or assumed that we should lead our lives in this way? You know, pull our socks up, carry on. What are we getting through that we maybe don't need to get through?
1: Now, I've listened to the first three episodes.
0: Okay, good. What did you think?
1: I thought it was really, really interesting for listeners of of Standard Issue. There's some people in there that that, that will be familiar with them, Eleanor Cleghorn, Pregnant Then Screwed. So you've you've got you've gone to the right people, to my mind. You've gone to like the the people who speak really sort of passionately and interestingly about it. It confirmed quite a lot of what I already think, which is that pregnancy is both absolutely the, one of the most complicated things on the face of the earth but also really pretty simple Mm
0: -hmm. pregnancy
1: freaks me out a tiny bit perhaps that's why I chose never to get pregnant but there's a couple of words you use there's some language in there you use. you talk about the fetus burrowing and there's something about that word that sort of really underpins um it really underpins what it is yeah that, that sort of otherly that sort of That is the things that freaks me out about pregnancy. The third episode, you were talking about morning sickness, which is a misnomer, as as we know. And we Mm -hmm. were talking about it just a couple of weeks ago on the podcast because there's been some movement. There's actually been some movement on hyperemesis
0: gravidaria, yeah, yeah, which is the extreme morning sickness. Yeah, and they think they might have discovered why
1: why that happens. So I suppose. It reminded me that although we say, why hasn't anything changed? Why are we still basically squatting in caves the way we were, like, since the dawn of time? In a lot of ways, we overlook the fact that it does change, you know, that we find yeah. out that we're pregnant in different ways. Or not me, but women find out they're pregnant much quicker than they used to. You know, they have a lot more access to, uh, to ideas that if there's something wrong, it can happen a lot quicker, you know. So I suppose... I suppose it gave me gave me hope as well. That uh, it felt quite hopeful good. that there is there is there is room
0: for change. That's really good to hear because I think it's so complicated. The whole experience is so complicated and it's so individual. You know, you really it's one of those times you really have to just try. It, like, make sure we're looking through it as through as many lenses as we can, because for so many people, it's a hopeful, wonderful experience where they come across doctors and midwives who feel extremely like on it and there to give the best possible care they come across progressive new medication that helps them with particular problems that can be the experience the experience can be completely the opposite and I think one of the complicated things with this series but one of the the beautiful things of of having the opportunity to make it is to explore all of those things and and to say You know, we so often present what um, I'm not going to name the book and I also can't remember the title of it, but there there are many books that are like how to raise your baby, how to be pregnant, Mm. how to conceive a child, how to parent, how to give birth, how to stay calm, how to. And it's like these are great titles and they're extremely alluring, but there is not one way to be in any of these experiences and there is not one way to be a mother. There is not one way to feel when you are pregnant or when you're giving birth. You know, the experience is like so varied and wild. And it's that time of life where people just want to give you so much advice. And oh, what, what I did was this. Well, you should try that. Or have you done this? And Advice is great. Welcome. We exist on advice. That's fine. It's just really, really complicated and really different for everyone. And in a way, that's a really, really beautiful thing it can often be a very sad, very traumatic, difficult thing as well. So it's just trying to balance all of that, I
1: think. It's also fascinating to me that you can know nothing. You could literally know nothing about this process. And I'm sure back in the old days, back in days of yours, a lot of women did know nothing. You know, They didn't know what was going to happen to them on their wedding night. And then they got pregnant and then they didn't know what was going to happen to them. And yet it can still happen. (laughs) Your body knows to a certain degree now. Obviously... The more you know, the more you know, the better you eat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the more chance you've got of ending this in a happy way. But at the same point, it's something that it's perfectly possible to know literally zero about it and still actually go through the process. So I suppose what interested me was that I think you talk about this in the second episode. We do put so much pressure on mothers. We watched Rosemary's Baby recently on the podcast and I said that I actually thought Rosemary's Baby might be a... I don't think it it is, but I think you could read it as a critique of how women are told what to do during pregnancy, how everybody's got an opinion huh. on what a woman should be doing in pregnancy. Oh, don't eat this, yeah. don't drink this, yeah. don't go here, don't breathe this in, don't stand up, don't sit down, yeah. don't lay like that, all of these things. Tell me, how has... Being pregnant changed your sort of vision on this, or has, or has it?
0: uh It didn't change my vision on it. I don't think. I think, although who knows, because pregnancy does wild and wonderful things to mm. your brain. I have had a previous child; he's uh, now two and a half. I had kind of, you know, that was a good starting point for a lot of the topics that we wanted to explore. And Ellie Sands, who's the um, producer of the team, just basically just come back from second maternity leave as well. So we've been through pregnancy and different types of births and things like that. I think when I became pregnant like that basically halfway through production on this, there was a period where we were taking on a lot of a lot of information and a lot of it can feel really quite scary and uncomfortable and mm-hmm. we were doing a lot around pregnancy loss, miscarriage, maternity safety, I'm not going to lie, there was a period where, you know, in those really sort of very delicate first sort of eight weeks as well, where anything really could happen and you just, you don't know what's going on, feeling really, really overwhelmed and wasn't really telling people as well. So it kind of knee deep in these topics all day, every day, thinking about them, thinking about how to sort of best tell the story and how like doing very moving interviews with people who'd had like difficult experiences was really, really hard. And then, when I sort of knew that things were okay for us and the more I started to learn the more about pregnancy and birth and the more I learned than the previous time, there was eventually this point where it was like sort of pushing through this bubble of knowledge and being like, just remembering, of course I know it. And I was like so much of what I do and what I love doing, but like knowledge is power actually. And knowledge is really reassuring. Mm. And sometimes we can be worried about knowing too much, but actually knowing as much as I feel like I know now about these processes is really like strengthening. I feel really like encouraged and really positive and yeah, excited. I feel excited because I feel I understand a lot more about what's going on in hospitals,
1: Mm.
0: what's going on in the body. And, you know, we've, we've had some great opportunities to explore some topics, which last time really bugged me out. Things like we've got a whole whole episode on the due date, you know what? It what is this due date? The yeah. single date that you're given. Four percent of babies come on the due date. You know, most first time babies will come a week after the due date. Mm. The due date itself can be wrong five days either way. It will vary from sonographer to sonographer, and yet it's a like in a way a very important date for everyone who's giving that kind of medical care to have because yeah. it's it's a it's one agreed point that people can work around. So it makes sense, but so much hinges on that date and so you know we've got a whole episode exploring that where it's come from how it varies in different places what you can do about your due date or going over and like just sort of questions like that which I think are really just important for us to interrogate and sort of where it's all come from you know we've we've got a whole series on um ultrasounds fascinating like what an amazing fascinating tool like life-saving tool but also some really interesting questions you know technologies Change our world. They always change our world. If they're good, you know, mini discs—they didn't really, (laughs) they didn't really last, did they? But the technologies that really stay and get their claws in don't just do the job that they're doing. They change our world in other ways that we, you know, I always think this with technology in ways that we're not even thinking about. They're kind of like in sort of insidiously or what you know, positively making making a difference in other ways. But there is, whilst a lot of ultrasounds. There's quite a lot of evidence that some really good 4D ultrasounds and proper sessions can help people with bonding, people who are struggling to feel bonding with uh, with the foetus. There's also an argument that actually we're becoming over-reliant on technologies and we're losing the capacity to sort of feel the changes in our own body and to understand the baby moving within and that's taking away experience and autonomy of midwives, which is really, really important in the birthing room and that we're losing a language between... Someone who's giving birth, and the midwife to be able to communicate what things feel like, like what the do, what does the movement of the baby feel like, which I just thought was really interesting as well. You know, yeah. makes me sort of go, oh no, I maybe maybe there's something telling me that I can't trust. They diagnose a pregnancy with an ultrasound. It's like, but I I also know I am pregnant. You know, yeah. so we can also trust get back in our bodies in a way like I know this and I feel this and that is a really really valid way of experiencing my pregnancy it doesn't have to be all the percentiles and the graphs and the the um I was about to say x-rays it's not x-rays thank god Perfect. uh all the ultrasounds you know it doesn't have to be only that way it can also be me
1: yeah
2: all right mickey here with an advert for better health therapy online you all right such a small question, and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression, and while over time, and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much, that does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal And sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, it? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with. And although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. And as quick a fix as it seemed to say, I'm fine, I'm fine. And push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution. In that, if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit. But BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom, which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com/standard. That's Better H E L P com
1: Now, I wanted to ask you a question about the, the very early stages of pregnancy, because it is something that we don't really talk about in general. Even us feminists don't talk about it. And I wonder if it's because that period, that question of what that is, is that life, is yeah. so political that it's easier to just not talk about it at all.
0: Really interesting. We have got an episode on pregnancy loss and it's called The Unforeseen. And the way that we've actually approached that is to what constitutes life. Again, that's a series in its own right. And it's not certainly not something that we've sought to Mm. answer or tackle in this series. However, it is really interesting looking at how we feel around miscarriage and loss. And what I find very interesting around this is that there's a a line in the sand of when a pregnancy loss can be sort of recognized as pregnancy loss, and that's 24 weeks. And everything before 24 weeks isn't counted. You know, it's a miscarriage. It's not sort of, it can't can't be recognized Mm. as baby loss that point that line exists for very good reasons in terms of that's also the the abortion line um in terms of like the, the 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 grounds for abortion termination become much more complicated at that line so in terms of loss being tied up with autonomy and how you can feel about a loss in the eyes of the law you know so the not describing it very well. If I have to listen to my uh, very carefully put together thirteen and a half minute program about it, um, but <laughs> I look no. But, to but it. you see, you see, the the point we're making is not that one thing. We're not we're not in this trying to say one thing is right or wrong or mm. whatever. But there are several. There are all sorts of views on what that yeah that is that fetus is right. If you want that baby, there is no way anyone in the world can tell you that baby wasn't your child, Exactly, wasn't a baby, wasn't alive in you, wasn't part of you, wasn't feeling what you were feeling. You know, that loss is really, really real and we have to find a way. And there there are actually, hopefully, voluntary stillbirth certificates coming out for people. They can choose to have one before 24 weeks. They're supposed to come out in October, still no sign of them. That needs to be recognised so that there's so much... When in baby loss of people being told well well at least it was only eight weeks mm. at least it was you know at least you had not had the scan yet like that was going to change everything for yeah. you and that's really really hard and difficult for people to acknowledge and take on but then there's also the other side of it where medically they need to have lines of viability you know where where a life can be saved that currently lies at 24 weeks and also then again in the terms of the eyes of Of the law in terms of women's autonomy and their bodies and choice and things like that all really really all so important but this is the thing isn't it these these rules and these lines in the sand don't take into account individual feelings so often and that's where you know it's such a huge thing to have a fetus in you no matter how you feel about it in the eyes of somebody Whether it's not your, even if it's not yourself in the eyes of somebody, it is a huge thing. Yeah, I I think to answer your question, I don't know if we don't talk about early pregnancy, maybe for it's certainly like for some people we we don't talk about it because of that question of like, what is it? But I also think it's actually that it's just often too hard for people. It's that sort of it's very common miscarriage and baby loss is really really difficult and we don't we're not well prepared to support people through it we don't know how to talk about it yeah so I think it's a real like arms distance can't quite you know we can't picture it we can't picture that loss we can't relate to that loss in any way like that individual can we can't we got to be careful we don't assume anything about how somebody feels about that loss you know as well we don't project too much emotion or it's it's a very complicated grief
1: yeah great i mean we've had some people from we've had sans on the podcast talking about about just this yeah that almost immediately people will say we can try for another one yeah as if i don't know baked a cake dropped it and then like oh do you know what i mean i'll bake another one it's just that's probably an upsetting analogy Mm. to use for people so apologies if it is but that's literally what it feels like to be told try again just try again Mm. just try Mm -hmm. again you know. At least. Yeah. You've got time. Yeah, it's so hard. Really hard. Talking of so hard, 27 episodes, Wowzers! I mean, how much of your life has, has been subsumed by this?
0: Loads of it, but with, like, utter joy, and I think we could go on and on and on, and, you know, they're 27, 15 minutes long, I think, in, in Ellie and I and the team... I mean, that's still, like, work. nine hours or something. my maths. I think uh, it's about six and a right. bit, six and bit hours, but... I just can't tell you the, the stuff that's going to we're never going to get in that is fascinating and important and life changing. And again, it comes down to, to doing these topics where our experience of it is so in in us, in our bodies, in our hearts and our heads and our how we feel. We can't it's difficult to represent everything and to address everything. It's another one to lose sleep over at night. But you know, in a really great way. And what we what we really hope is that each episode plants enough thought and discussion for people to just think about things differently. And it's not an advice podcast. It's not going to, oh, I mean, I'd love to think we could fix the world. Time, but, you know, people have been trying for decades to fix much about this massive life process yeah. and to address it and talk about it and it's not got very far. And it's, you know, but I do think excitingly, the medical care of, of women and maternity services in particular, and what it means to be a parent and a mother today is having a bit of a, a, bit of a reckoning. Yeah. There are quite a lot of good books coming out, quite a lot of writing coming out, there's quite a lot of readdressing of um the system and sort of injustices within the system. Hopefully, whether or not that is lip service, we will have to see. There's a three-year maternity strategy rolled out last year that's of seeking to make quite a lot of changes with the maternity services. It's three years, you know, again, it's one of those maternity is one of those flashpoints where it impacts people's lives so hugely and the lives of people who are born. And it politically difficult to get people to it needs so much investment and I think you know from the step from, certainly from the people who work within maternity services what we are hearing is that funding gets allocated in response to these reports or scandals but it's not concurrent you know it's like a one-off pot and then you have to the trust then has to kind of like find a way to sustain these changes again and again and again mm-hmm. people are desperate for like proper investment and funding and you know we have a staffing shortage in midwifery that is not because we can't recruit people it's because we cannot keep them
1: yeah
0: and like you know we desperately have to address what that is and that's difficult in an atmosphere where the reports and the headlines keep kind of making a demon out of system and out of mid often often out of midwives themselves and I think that's really challenging
1: I know a midwife and she works in a busy London hospital and I can't believe sometimes how many babies she delivers in a day (laughs) in that it sounds like she works in a factory and then you think well where's the the connection where's the personal where's the joy for her in why she wanted to do this but also where's the where's the sort of emotional care for the mother because I'm I'm telling you she's doing her best but I'm also telling you you can't deliver that many babies in a day and give and give everyone everything that they need the whole time.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's why we're seeing a rise in doulas as well. Mm. Uh people, you know, paying for seeking or getting support for additional help. Yeah. And support at their births and you know doulas are not midwives, they're not qualified well some, some of them are we are seeing a rise in that because people notice that maternity st- services are stretched they really notice it yeah. one of the um birth episodes we've got this like a real privilege to sit down with a but the head of midwifery and, an, and a consultant obstetrician and a doula who all work at one trust which is actually my trust Lewisham and me and we're all sitting down and we're talking about like how do we figure out the word trust right now within maternity Mm. services like interprofessionally and between the woman giving birth and the doctors and like and they were brilliant they're so frank and you know I think people will listen to that it's quite an interesting and unique thing to listen to to have all three of those people in a room talking quite frankly about their views on the word trust when it comes to birth because Mm. I think it's um there is there's a real problem like how it's hard isn't it to how, how are you gonna how are you going to trust the people who who are there to help you in birth if they really just don't have the time if they're like trying to do it from an empty cup if they've mm. moved from one traumatic event into your room without any break yeah if they don't know the consultant obstetrician who's just come in the room and they then have to deal with sort of questions over their own decisions and autonomy you know, one one midwife told me off the record, because I had a conversations with quite a few just for my... Because I wanted to know. I didn't want to just leap into this making assumptions about what it was like for midwives, but I just chatted to quite a few midwives off the record. And one of them said, you know, she's been told several times in by doctors in her hospital, well, you can you, you can do that, but think about what you're going to say in court. Oh Which is, God. what an atmosphere to live in as, yeah. you know, your work God. to like have no trust from the people who work above you or not above you from the people who work with you i should say not above you and how what does that do to to your trust in yourself and then your trust your trust in the system to support you just really shocking stuff that we've we've uh, i mean god knows when it's going to come and how but there needs to be some really like big big changes
1: yeah well, let's hope that starts with a general election.
0: Thank you so much. This is,
1: as ever, this has been really interesting. I genuinely look forward to listening to the rest of it.
0: Oh, please, Hannah, please do listen to the rest of it. And I want to know what you think of it. Maybe at the end, we could have another catch up because this is going to go on till like July. <laughs> I'd love to know what you think. No, it's really fun to talk. And um, thank you for your interest in it as well. And we care so much about it. The the other thing to say that I hope is really clear is that it is really about, it's not just for people who are going to be pregnant or give birth. And I really hope that that's clear. Well, here I am. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, that is good. It's it's amazing that this, just like you said at the beginning, it's amazing that this thing goes on all the time. People just like giving birth all the time, all the time, all the time. And yet it is completely mad how it all happens. Yeah. And then it's completely nuts how society sort of seems to just struggle with balancing it. But it is also incredible how we as individuals are made like that is incredible It is incredible.
1: I'm always amazed by how useless human beings are when we're born. When you look <laughs> at other species, you know, you look at these, you look at these creatures, these lizards. There's this quite famous, like David Attenborough thing about these lizards that are born on this beach and immediately they're beset by snakes. And they have to get to the top of this hill. Oh yeah, this the, is the snake runs. The first run. thing <gasps> they do when they oh, when they emerge into the world is yeah. like they're like,
2: fuck.
0: And then they're like <laughs> running on this beach. Babies just
1: lie there and shit. Themselves. Well
0: no, but this it's is incredible. the great This is what this is this is the great thing, is that actually it looks like babies are just lying there. But what's actually going on inside the brain of a baby is totally fascinating. And that's and and in the um in the third part of the series, the sort of first year of life stuff. We've got loads of people who've like managed to hold tiny babies still in MRI scanners and figure out like brain activity and what they're doing. And, you know, we, we think they're, you know, we've been told the story of like, oh, they're born really early because their heads are too big for our little hips and stuff like this. A theory which is like now hotly debated, but they come out with they've already been learning stuff it's yeah. I actually find it's quite creepy, actually. There's another way of looking at it where we are not useless lumps and we're we're quite <laughs> creepy little observers. And they're 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 observing everything. They they're taking in so much. You know, they can tell the difference between people who relate and chat, and then they can tell proximity to themselves and a kind of a sort of family in the least sense of the word concept by observing who shares saliva. So who's sharing food with who? Who's kissing who? Who's and that's like a way that babies start to connect to, like, real proximity to themselves. There's, like, loads going on in their brains. Oh, well,
1: I've been I've been unkind to human babies. They do more <laughs> like, than I'll shit. Give them right. a
0: break, Anna. They've been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Standard issue for all women.